Today we will be in Matthew chapter 9 today, Matthew chapter 9. But I'd like to begin by telling you a story about my kids. I love my kids. I have three children. I have two girls and a son. My oldest is Jayanna. She is 18. My middle daughter is 16. Her name is E.E. And my youngest son is 13 and a half and way taller than I am. I was staring at him back here. He walked up to me earlier. And I was staring at his, his neck with my eyes straight out. He's just huge. But one of the things that we like to do at my house is we like to, uh, I like to make sure my kids know that I love them. And so we will do things like, I love you. And they'll say, I love you too. And I'll say, I love you more. And they'll say, no, I love you more. And then I'll say, I love you most. They say, uh-uh, that's impossible. I said, well, I knew you before you were even born. So I started loving you first, so I do love you more. <laughs> but I like that they say, I, I like to just tell them it's impossible for them to love me more than I love them. You know, there are some impossibilities in our life that come along. Some of them are good. Some of them are not as impactful. But some are difficult. Sometimes impossibilities look financial. Sometimes it looks like it's physical or mental, emotional, spiritual, relational. It could be job. It could be culture, environment. There are a lot of impossibilities that can come our way. And it seems that part of the Christian world has adopted this idea that if you can conceive it and believe it, you can achieve it. Can I tell you that is contrary to the Word of God? If I can conceive it and I believe in the One who created all things, then all things are possible. But I cannot accomplish some impossible tasks. For instance, beating my son in basketball is now absolutely and utterly impossible in my life. I played him a couple of Sundays ago on a Sunday afternoon in basketball and realized real quick, Mr. Jerry, I ain't doing that again. I actually, I tried to make it fair, Jerry. I tried to say, I tried to say every basket you get is worth one point. Every basket that me and Jayanna, because we were on a team, yes, it was two against one, we get two points. I want you to know he beat us ten to four. <laughs> And I'll go ahead and tell you, we scored the first four points. And then he scored ten in a row. He just turned it on. It's impossible for me to beat my son in basketball. I'm not going to lie to you. It's impossible for me to touch the ceiling right there in the middle right now. But I get the right stuff. I get the right ladders or I get a lift and I can touch that ceiling with some help from something that's bigger than me. But if I believe it and I conceive it, I can achieve it really takes God out of the picture, and that's not a place to be. Today, I want you to listen to this from A.W. Tozer. A.W. Tozer said, The most important thing about you is what you think about God. What you believe about Him is the most important part of you because it spills over into your thinking and your actions. If God is small, there are limits in your life. If God is shaped by today's opinions, then your idea of Him is skewed by life. Karl Barth said, There is only two ways to obtain knowledge of God. 
Only two ways. One, the first, is to start with man and reason upward to God. The other is to start with God and accept His revelation to us. If you'll bear with me and give me some grace, I'm going with the second one. I want to understand God from God's perspective and not use my logic and try to make God like me. But I am to understand God as He truly is. Because as I try to reason up to God, I will find all the reasons in the world why the impossible is impossible. And there's no reason to have hope. So today, let God reveal Himself to you through the Scriptures. Through what He has said about His Son, Jesus, and what Jesus did. There are several places in Scripture in which the word impossible is attached to God in this way. Jeremiah 32, 17. Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 27. Behold, I am the Lord, he, he declares. The God of all flesh is anything too difficult for me. We all know about the story of the, the birth of Christ whenever the angel came to Mary. And after the angel tells Mary that she's going to give birth to a son and she's a virgin and she's trying to figure this out. And it is finally said, for nothing will be impossible with God. But the question becomes, do we really believe that? If we believe God is real, we must believe that the impossible is possible. Because the God of all creation, the God of the heavens and the earth and of all flesh, the creator of all things, if He can create us out of nothing and all that we see out of absolutely an abyss of formless and void, then my God can make anything impossible possible. He can take what I think I can't do and make something out of it. Matthew chapter 9 is filled with stories back to back about impossibilities in people's lives. Matthew chapter 9, beginning in verse 18, while he was saying these things to them, a synagogue official came and bowed down before him, which is Jesus, and said, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. Just Jesus got up and began to follow him, and so did his disciples. And a woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. For she was saying to herself, If I only touch his garment, the hem of his garment, I will get well. But Jesus, turning and seeing her, said, Daughter, take courage. Your faith has made you well. At once the woman was made well. One of the things I want us to begin to talk about here in these, these verses and through the rest of this chapter to the very end is about the impossibilities and the realities that are here that we see in Scripture. The very first reality of the impossibilities is this, and you can write this down. The situations are unquestionably impossible. The situations are unquestionably impossible. In other words... When we look at this situation, this synagogue official comes and he says, that his, he says that his daughter has what? Died. There is no question here. She's dead. As a matter of fact, as, as we will read in just a few moments, 
Verse 23, let's read it now. When Jesus came into the official's house and saw the flute players and the crowd in noisy disorder, he said, leave, for the girl has not died but is asleep. And they began laughing at him. See, the crowd believed she was dead. They were already in the mindset she was dead. His daughter was what? Dead. She was dead. It was an impossibility, unquestionably. How about the woman who came up and touched him? It says in Scripture, for 12 years she had been suffering from a blood disorder. She had, been, she had a problem and she had been to doctors. Uh, uh, the philosophers, the, the scholars say she had been to doctors. They, she had tried to find healing for this problem she had, but she could find none. It was unquestionably impossible. And I want you to understand, if you touch a dead body or someone with a blood disorder issue who are, who's bleeding touches you, you become unclean. Keep that in mind. Because as we see here, it's unquestionably impossibilities going on. As we jump ahead just a little bit, Verse 27, as Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him. Okay, they're blind. How in the world can they follow somebody if they're blind? Because when you're blind, you learn how to get around. Because they didn't have a lot of people to help them. They had to figure out how to move around, how to get around. Many, many people are getting to a place where you can't see as well as you could. Yesterday, I was trying to read a book on... On my tablet here, and I realized I needed to put my glasses on. I couldn't see it, and I used to not be have to do that. And that was a little bothersome to me. I'm going, what? But these two men weren't just having trouble seeing. They were what? Blind. They were completely blind. Unquestionably, it's impossible to do anything about it. And they cried out in verse 27, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came up to him and and came up to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They, they followed Jesus in their impossibility. The man came to Jesus in the impossibility that his daughter had already been pronounced dead. And the woman in the impossibility of healing, she came trying to get a hold and get close to Jesus. That's a very interesting thing because the second thing I want you to write down is the impossible is brought to Jesus. See, the woman tried to find solutions in the doctors and could find none. The dad could try to find solutions in the friends and the crowds and could find none. The blind man probably tried to find solutions in strangers who surrounded them and they found none. They were in impossible odds. It was impossible for them, but they came to Jesus or was brought to Jesus. They brought their impossibility to Jesus himself. See, before, as I said, touching someone who was dead would make you unclean. Someone who touched you with a, with a blood issue would make you unclean. Someone who had a physical, uh, physical problem. I was born crippled. If I touched you, you would become unclean and could not enter into the synagogue. But guess what Jesus did? Guess what Jesus did? Jesus did not let what man said would make him unclean keep him from doing the impossible. And see, in our lives today, we are faced with things that seem impossible. And we feel like we cannot approach God, we cannot approach others because it's just, what's the word? Impossible. 
There's just no way. But as one anonymous writer wrote, when you're hanging by a thread, reach for the hem of his garment, just like that woman did. We all face impossibilities in our life. And I would love to stand up here and tell you like a great football coach that, you know, just believe, let's go out there and do everything we can to achieve. But I got news for you. When you're facing the impossible, there are times when you realize it's called the impossible for a reason. In our church, we've had this little girl named Paisley who has a tumor right here. Many of you have seen it. It's grown and grown. We have been praying for that little girl. They cannot even do surgery because it's so big and it's so ingrained into her jawline. And she's five, four. I keep getting that wrong. She's four. But can I tell you something today? The report has come back and it's shrinking. The impossible is possible when it's put into the hands of God Almighty. He can and will make a difference. We read these stories and Matthew put them in here for a reason. So that as we look at them and we see, we see these people in their lives filled with impossibility. And many of us find ourselves, we've been there, right? We've been there where it seems like there's no way out. It's over. There is no deliverance. There is no end. But these people understood it wasn't in their power to do anything anyway. That dad, oh, I hope and pray to God I never have to do what that dad did. I love my girls so very much. As a matter of fact, last night, one of the greatest thrills in my life is hearing my 18-year-old daughter go, Dad, can I come sit with you just for a few minutes? And she crawls right up there in that big recliner, and we sit there right next to each other, and she puts her head right here. Let me tell you something. Man, I love that. To imagine having to bury my daughter would tear my heart apart. And this dad's heart had to be broken because he went... He said, my daughter has died. And he did not ask Jesus to come preach the funeral, did he, Mr. Merck? He asked Jesus to come and do something bigger and bolder than anybody could ever imagine. And Jesus came. One of the key things that, number three, under the impossibilities, I don't want you to miss this, and I'm going to explain this probably a little differently than what you heard before. Faith plays a key role in these miracles. A key role. But the faith was not in the miracle, but the miracle worker. Too often times our faith is in the miracle more than the one who performs it. My faith is put in the fact that God's going to heal and change and do God's going to do something big. My faith is in this. Our faith needs to be in the one who can do it. Not in the results. Faith is the revelation of our view of God at the deepest core 
when we're faced with impossibility. When we're faced with impossibility and we approach God, it is at that moment when the litmus test of where we stand and how we view Him comes to light. If faced with an impossibility, we stand and say, God, you got this. I'm just going to put my trust in you, and I'm moving forward. Or we come to God and we say, this is going to be impossible. Not even God's going to help me. This is just too much. I don't deserve it. It's not going to happen. Each reveals your view of God. And as we look at these individuals in each of these stories, they had one view of Jesus. He's the God of the impossible. The dad knew he's the God of the impossible. The woman knew he's the God of the impossible. The blind men knew he's the God of the impossible. Say that with me. He's the God of the impossible. I don't think everybody believes that this morning. You didn't say it like you do. Let's try it again. He's the God of the impossible. Anybody in here believe it? Say amen. Let's say it again. He's the God of the impossible. When we are faced with the impossibilities in our life, our God can overcome any relational problems, any financial problems, any physical problems, but absolutely whether He does or not, He's still the God of impossibilities. God has done the impossible throughout time. And God is still the God of the impossible. See, here's what's possible. And I want you to hold on to this. Write this down. God can do what man cannot. Sounds simple, doesn't it? But how often do we forget that when we are faced with something that's impossible? The doctors have said, the scientists have said, my spouse has said, my family has said, I'm looking at our bank account. It's impossible. God can do what man cannot. He is the God of the impossible. There is no reason why we as believers should hang our head and think things are impossible. Because we serve the God of the impossibilities. Chuck Swindoll said, God does His most magnificent work when things look impossible from our point of view. If it wasn't impossible, it couldn't be called a miracle. And I believe in miracles. So I believe the impossible can be possible through God Almighty. Looking at Scripture and what Jesus did here, man, it blows my mind that in the middle of impossibility, Jesus is right there to do the miracle that was needed. 
Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God... Ooh, you know that, don't you? I was going to trick you and just say, some of the stuff. Only the things the scientists deem go within the laws of science is possible. Only the things that the doctors say are possible are possible. Jesus did not put limitations, but He said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. I serve a God of impossibilities. Jesus is not simply a prophet or a good man. He is the God of the impossible. I'd like to underline a major truth this morning. I don't pretend to fully understand, and this is it, this is the best framework. The best framework for the Lord God to do His most ideal work is when things are absolutely impossible and we feel totally unqualified to handle it. If I was God, I would do it differently. Because I love you people. I wouldn't even let you get to a point where it's impossible. I don't understand this mystery. But I do understand that when you're in the place when it's impossible and you turn to God Almighty and He does something in you and around you and through you that's absolutely, you step back and go, I didn't even think about this and look at what He's doing. You begin to grow in a relationship and get close to God in a way you never have before. I wouldn't trade my journey. I wouldn't take nothing from my journey now. I got to make it to heaven somehow. <laughs> I'm going to make it to heaven because of Jesus Christ. But I wouldn't take nothing from my journey. All the impossibilities I had to face. Because my God is a God of the impossible. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21 says this, Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond anything I can ask or think. Okay, somebody over here on this side didn't get that. Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly above and beyond anything I could ask or think. Let me break that down for you. He can do more than you can even dream of. The stuff that you even read about, he can do greater. He, he parted the Red Sea. He had Peter walking on the water. He healed the blind. He can do things that you haven't even thought of. And if he's done that, what can he do with your impossibility? Let me tell you something. The doctor said, I wouldn't walk and I wouldn't jump. He took the impossibility of the doctors and made it possible. My God's a God of possibilities in the impossible. And I believe Jesus wants to do that for you. I may start preaching in a minute. <laughs> Let me remind you, with God there are no little people. There are no insignificant people. With God, there are no impossibilities. Your problem is not little to Him and it's not big to Him. It's just possible with Him. These people saw an impossibility in their life 
and they realized where they needed to take it. And that was to Jesus. So what must I do? I want you to answer these two questions. What must I do with what I've heard today? We can walk out the door and shout hooray and our life not be different when we get home. So what do we do with this? I think number one, we need to answer this question. What seems impossible in my life? What am I being faced with that seems impossible? What would I label impossible in my life? Is it a relationship with your children? I got news. My God's a God of possibility. And I am praying for relationships to be restored. Is it financial? Is it health? What seems impossible? If you were to put a label on, well, this is impossible, it's okay that you have something. Can I tell you that? It doesn't make you wrong or less than a Christian or messed up because look at what happened in these stories. A dead girl, a health problem, blind men. You even, if you read on, there's demon-possessed people. All these things were going on and were impossible. They understood there was something impossible in their life. They answered the question, what is impossible? The dad stood up and said that my daughter will live again. The woman stood up and said that I will no longer have this issue of blood. That I'll stop bleeding. That's impossible. The blind men said, for us to see, for us to see the face of Jesus and the face of our friends and our family, to actually see what a loaf of bread looks like, not just smells like. They said it's impossible. But oh, what did they do? It comes in the second question. What is my view of God? What is my view of God? Here's what I love. Verse 28, let's start there in, in, in chapter 9. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Not that you can see again, but that I am able to do this. They said to him, Yes, Lord. Their view of God was He was a God of the impossible. If they did not believe it, they would never have gone in the house. The dad would never have shown up. And the woman would never have fought her way through that crowd. Their view of God was that God is the God of the impossible. Mark chapter 9 verse 23, Jesus says again to a man, if you can, question mark, because the man said, help my unbelief. I'm just not sure. And Jesus says, if you can, question mark. He says, all things are possible to him who believes. To the one who believes that God is the God of the impossible, there's always a possibility. It may not look what, like what we dream up, but I can tell you that my God is a God of the impossible. For the next seven days, here's your challenge. Write this down. During your prayer time every morning or at lunch or in the evening when you pray, and notice it's not if you pray, as Jesus said, not if you fast, but when you fast. I'm saying when you pray each day this week, I double-dog dare you to say to God, you are the God 
of the impossible. If you say that over and over every day, you know what's going to happen by this time next week? Maybe right now you're not 100% convinced and sure because you're faced with impossibilities, but I guarantee you by next week, after you're praying that to God and telling Him, saying, God, you're the God of impossibility. Maybe I'm struggling with that right now, but I just believe according to your word. Jesus said, you have said, you're the God of the impossible. You are the God of the impossible. And you, you just boldly proclaim that you believe God's word more than your feelings. I guarantee you this time next week, your view of God will be different. You're going to be in a new place. So there's your challenge for the next seven days. Pray with me. Father, this morning, you're doing a great work in the hearts of the people and in the minds of the people. You're doing a great work in this place. Lord, we are faced with impossibilities. They come at us in different forms, different shapes, different colors, different sizes. Some of the things that we find impossible, others would not see it that way. But for us, it's impossible. Lord, inward struggles of our mind and our heart. There may be no one knows. Those recesses in which we stuff away the things that we just say, eh, that's just impossible. Father, may we dust those off. May we boldly bring them to you and declare they belong to the God of the impossible. Lord, it is impossible for us, impossible for us to be good enough to get into heaven. It is impossible for us to come to church enough and get into heaven. It is impossible for us to change our life enough and get into heaven. For we have been deemed sinners, stained by sin. It's impossible for sin to enter into heaven. But you being a God of the impossible, <coughs> you sent your son to this earth <laughs> to take my place, to take my punishment and to die on a cross for me so that what is deemed impossible could be possible. God, if you would do that, you must be a God of the impossible. Lord, today, those who are in this room who have not made a decision to follow you and to follow after Christ, those who do not have a relationship with you, Lord, reveal to them, give them the revelation of the truth that they're separated from you and they need Jesus and you have provided the possible way for them to be in relationship to, with you so that they can go to heaven. Lord, reveal that right now. And God, may they ask you to forgive them and to take over their life right now with our heads bowed and eyes closed, all of us in this room. 
if you feel God revealing to you right now that you need to make things right with Him, set aside what you've been trying to make possible through your efforts, and grab hold of Jesus and what God has proclaimed as the good news, right now, just ask God to forgive you and take over your life. You can have eternal life and be a child of God. Father, move on the hearts and the minds. Lord, there are people in this room that have been believers for years who are dealing with the impossible. Seems like we keep going to the experts and they keep saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Father, we lay that in your hands because it's impossible. Move on our hearts, Father. We pray these things in the beautiful name of Jesus Christ. All God's people said, Amen.